This is part two of our teaching, disarming tragedy in our lives. Mm. So this is part two. We talked about it uh, last Sunday, and as we were talking about tragedy and really trying to define what it is and, and how you know, we really invite it in our lives and how we can really disarm tragedy in our lives. So I'm just going to do a small recap uh, about disarming tragedy in our lives. And we talked about it being calamity, an event that causes great harm. That's what tragedy is. It's an event in your life or a situation that causes great harm or hurt and or suffering. And I'm sure we can think back in our lives and probably even some for us, even probably at this very moment, an event that has caused you great hurt, harm, or suffering. Just through some decisions we've made, whether good or bad, and it's caused you great harm, hurt, or suffering. And most of our lives, it's been, we have invited this tragedy or this calamity in our lives through making bad choices because we didn't seek the counsel of God. So you are experiencing, due to your own self-affliction, tragedy. And it's, it's come in different forms in our personal lives, in our marriages, uh, different situations, uh, intrapersonal, within your own self. You have some event, some tragic event going on within yourself because it's in the mind. That's where the battle is. That's where the event started, was right in your mind. Not outside of you. It wasn't birth outside of you. It didn't just pop up and happen and showed up at your doorstep, but it came from you most of the time, majority of the time. But God really has let us know very clearly that the source of tragedy in our life has been brought on because we lack the knowledge of him. He said, my people perish. They are destroyed because of the lack of knowledge. And the lack of knowledge is God himself. He is knowledge. He said, you are destroyed because you don't have knowledge of me. Mm. Mm. You have knowledge about a lot of other things. Go to school, get knowledge. Right? Have all these degrees. And, mm -hmm. and then why do people who have a, a doctrine degree decide they want to kill themselves with all of this knowledge? But it's worldly knowledge. He said, because you don't know me, you are being destroyed. But uh, Apostle Paul put it simply this. He says, the things that I've learned, I apply. Very simple, isn't it? Seems. What I learn, I apply. But what's been going on in church is that what people have been learning, they don't apply. Thus, you live this vicious cycle in your life of these ups and downs, these highs and lows. God is good. This is why God is not always good to you. Mm. He's good today because things appear to be good. Then when your situation change, 
your environment change, you're without car or, or home or job. finances or job or you're laid off, then God is not so good. Right. He's Why? not so good. Why? It's true. When you don't have money, God is not good. You know why? You can tell it on your face. God, God becomes to be, you determine God's goodness based on materialistic things and your pleasure. That's how you overall determine whether God is good. Which are temporary. Mm -hmm. All those things. Yes. How you feel today, you're in your feelings. If everyone with you, you're good with the people around you. Bank account is good. Always got to go to the money because this is what God says. He said, your heart is where your treasure is. You take a person's treasure and you see where their heart is. You can find them. You can find them. You take away their God, we're not sad, we're not depressed. Because if that was the case, when we do things that causes us to be separate from God, it will really hurt us. But we're more hurt when we lose things. We don't have money. And this is why the thing, this is why God didn't ask for, you got to ask the question, why did God ask for 10% of my earnings? What does he need with my money? He's God. He has everything. What, why does he need my money? Why is he requesting 10% of my earning? See, will you trust God? And that's the thing. We don't trust God. But you trust that when you wake up Monday morning for those who have a job, that you will have a job, don't you? You're not waking up thinking that you'll get fired tomorrow morning, mm -mm. are you? Why not? You put trust in your job. It's a possibility that you could be fired Monday morning, right? Mm. Uh, how many of have been to jobs and got fired? Lay it off, okay, fired, what you want to call it. So that's a true statement. So could you control that? Could you control it? But this is what we trust. We put, we put um, our assurance and our security is in our jobs. I was sharing this through some other message that I, I taught is that I used to, and still what, even do it now, I still look for a job like I'm going to be laid off tomorrow. And you've been at your job for how long now? 25 years. You know why? I don't trust ODU. Mm. <laughs> Raven says she don't either. I don't, I don't trust ODU. They don't know me. They not don't care source. about me. They're not your source. I mean. they, don't, they don't care about me. They can easily replace any of you and me. So why do we trust our job? We trust our careers. Figure if I get a, a career, you know, as an attorney, I get my, a career as whatever, a doctor, this is, this is good, this is secure. There was one day I was, my husband, was, uh, when he was working in the private sector, 
And I saw the kind of work he was doing. I was like, you need to have your own business. And he was a person who trusted his company. <laughs> Been there for a long time. They loved him. Years. Good old guy. You know. Yeah. Come this in what I want. <laughs> own office. I, I've had 10 years. I could do what I want. See, but we, we, we get real comfortable with the world. <laughs> and the world becomes your friend. It becomes your close friend so much that you trust in your job. You rely on it. You believe in it. It's you. It defines you. Whether I get a promotion or not, I know God will provide. Sure has. I started to think about the other day about, I need an increase. It came from nowhere. I'm like, I need an increase. Do I? Do I need an increase at ODU? Or God? I'm expecting, see, the thing about it, I'm expecting increase, but then I tried to determine where my increase was going to come from. Mm. I was right in expecting increase, but I was wrong in trying to determine where my increase is going to come from. It could merely come from someone who walk up and say, I'm just going to bless this ministry. I'm going to bless you. I, I don't know who you are. I'm in a store, and just God just told me to do this. I, increase. But we limit our God because we trust our jobs. Mm. Mm. That was a side note. He just took me there, so I went there with him. <laughs> and um, the thing about it is I don't want you ever to trust in the word of God. says, but you trust in no man. No man, and he's not a man. And guess what? He can't lie. But the people at your job can. And this is why situations and circumstances changes in our life, because people change. They don't love you, and they're not loyal. I'm just telling you, y'all really are numbers at your job. Mm -hmm. Each and every one, you got an employee mm -hmm. number. And I'm I was thinking, of, Pastor, I was thinking mm -hmm. about, you know, I just had my 25th uh, year anniversary at ODU, and I'm sitting there, you know, for me, I'm always thinking into stuff. Maybe I'm thinking too deep, but I, I was sitting there thinking, oh, okay, wow, I, I, it was great. Okay, I've been here for 25 years, and you have some people who've been there for 40 years. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, that's a lot of time to dedicate to anything. And... Really, what are they walking away with versus how much they actually gave in 40 years mm -hmm. to this company? Mm -hmm. At least simply, because what I got was a, a handbook you could kind of, a catalog you could kind of select the item that you want as whatever little award. And I'm like, there's nothing here that I want. <laughs> so, I mean, because, you know, you, you have things. That was my whole point. I was looking through it, and it's uh, pots and pans and watches, and it was all kind of different things. It was all kind of things. It was things you could utilize going on a, a trip, um, uh, personal items. It was just the things were nice. But I have all these things. It's what am I going to do with these things? There's nothing that ODU can give me that can equal to 
even the 25 years I've put into that because it's even longer hours beyond, beyond the 40 hours a week that I've given to them. And you're still willing to consider that they are your source. It's not like they are putting something in your account towards all these years or something for your children. Let's say you had children, something for their education a real investment because you're, you are an investment for them. The whole point is, I don't trust them. <laughs> All right, Apostle uh, Peter says this. He said, God's willingness is multiplied to us as we gain knowledge of him. Mm. So the more knowledge you get of God, you will be more likely to yield to his will. This is why you are resistant to the will of God because you don't have his word in you. You don't have more knowledge of God. So the more knowledge you get, your willingness to obey him is multiplied, increased bountifully towards you. That's good. And the four stages of uh, really yielding to God or uh, complying to his will is to, to know his word. I don't mean to quote his word to know his word, to believe his word, to receive his word, and to act upon his word. So many years that we've been going to church, we know of his word, but we don't know his word. We know of his word, meaning you can somewhat quote the word, but you don't know something until it becomes a part of you. You're actually, you're actually doing it. It's your life. It becomes a part of your life. Then you can say you really know it. Because mm -hmm. you put it into mm -hmm. practical mm -hmm. use. Mm -hmm. you've exactly. Had, you've had corresponding action mm -hmm. to what you read. Exactly. When he tells you to forgive, and if you don't, mm -hmm. he can't forgive you. That's right. So immediately that tells me, that I have to forgive. That's right. There's no, it, my senses and my feelings can't even come into the picture. That's right. Because he said it. See, when you will really respect the authority of the word. See, now you're getting I'm further ahead in my message. Okay, I know right, you sorry. haven't read it. I ain't read your message. You're getting further She in never showed me a message. I don't never know what she I just emailed that to him uh, probably about uh, 15 minutes ago. I ain't. It's Holy Spirit. It's Holy <laughs> so Spirit. you can just stop there. Stop. You're going, you're going into stop. Okay. my message there. And I was... I was going to use she this never show you her example. <laughs> yeah, I, can't. I, I covet my notes. She don't <laughs> I um, was thinking about this example here. How you been at your, in the military? Was same, how, how many years? 15 years. 15 years. Okay. And so we're thinking about retiring, to, you know, within the same amount of years. You mm -hmm. know, okay, time for us to retire for another five years. And I got to saying that this is how you really know something. It's one thing to get your job description mm -hmm. and you read it, but you never start doing it. So you don't know your job in and out because you never applied your job, your duties. You just read them. So you know, you know of your job duties, but you don't really know your job duties until you actually get in and experience the work. And this is the same thing with the Word of God. Until you actually get in and experience the Word, you don't know the Word. You just know of the Word. Amen? Amen. By experience, you learn. Hey. You don't learn by hearing.
the word of God by experience is how you learn. So we're mostly theoretically. We're just mm -hmm. doing the theory of it instead we have right. practical, like on-job training. Not the practical part. That's right. On-job mm -hmm. training is better than actually mm -hmm. going to the school. That's right. Because it's real-world situations. That's and Okay. So it's Correct. really good. That's, that's really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's go to our foundation scripture here, which is Genesis 3.1. So we got a lot of theoretical Christians. We do. Okay. <laughs> We're going to change that this morning. Amen. Genesis 3 1. I believe their hearts are ready. Amen. Amen. Genesis 3 1. 3 1. Mm -hmm. Very short verse, but it had so much information Amen. and insight behind it if you would take the time to study. And it reads Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, have God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Just hear how he phrased that. Genesis 3, 1. Mm. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, have God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Let's pull out a few words here. Serpent. Subtle. Woman. Hath God said. Mm, come on. Okay. Let's pull that out. And the first word we're going to kind of look at real close. Well, first of all, Satan himself. He is, in this form considered to be an entity that poisoned Adam and Eve by eating from the tree. When you look up the word serpent in the Greek, it actually means poisoner. I never knew that. Serpent. We get, you know, deceiver, and he is, he is that. He's quite a few things. But poisoner, he used poison to deceive Adam and Eve. Mm. He used poison and mix it with the truth. This is how you become deceived. Mm. Because when you deceive, you don't know you're being deceived, and it still sounds like and look like it's the truth. This is why he questioned him. And this was a commandment that was given to Adam and Eve is not to, from, to Adam, not to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. This was a commandment. And so Satan is questioning, putting doubt in their mind about that commandment. Yep. Did God say? Mm -mm. You should not eat of every tree of the garden. Mm. This goes back to knowing God. He said, my people perish because of the lack of knowledge. Right here is where they use it. He said, this is the source and how they are destroyed. Never forget my word. This is why he says, put my commandments on your eyelids. Time around your wrist. He said, For you, so you don't forget. On your front lips. Your eyes, 
Keep your eyes and mind always on me because if not, you will be deceived. And let's go a little bit with this. He was subtle. Satan is cunning. Cunning. And cunning means also attractive. Okay. Now, that would, the other word that would come in, nakash which would mean the shining one. Mm -hmm. So when something's shining, you actually want to go over mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is what Nakash means. This is one of the, another meaning of the serpent as well. Mm -hmm. So what he was saying was very attractive. That's right. And this is how we're deceived. And words, it's, it's the words, certain words lure you into. It's attractive. And words draw pictures. Sure do. It's attractive. It's beautiful in how it's said. And this is what causes you to embrace it. It draws you. Deceitful. Talking about cunning, subtle. Also, it has an, it has an appearance of being innocent. It's innocent. Not innocent, but it have a, a Appearance of innocence. It's artful. It has an artsy, a artsy, you know, skill about it. Cunning. It's artsy. <laughs> it's harmful, but that you don't see because it's subtle. The harmful part is concealed. What is subtle is uh, it don't allow you to see what it wants you to see. That's right. What's attractive. There's yet something. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's good. good. Amen. Good, good analogy. Exactly. Good. And see, this is the shining part of things in our life that are not good for you and harmful, but you only see the attractive part about it. Never go behind the scenes. Ingenious. Mm. Cunning people are ingenious. What well, I call him the evil genius ruler. Mm -hmm. I ain't say it when his words said it. So the ev evil genius ruler, first of all, what does evil mean? Yeah. What does evil mean? Yeah, that rhetorical you want? It is rhetorical. We're going to take some time. I, okay. I just know we, we just, we're not going to get there because we have never considered what evil is. We had never really considered that. Just something bad. <laughs> you know, right? Something bad. Yep. yep. Not and, good for you. And I agree. That's evil is that. It's something bad. But what does that really mean? <laughs> evil is. They're like, are you going to tell me? <laughs> <laughs> it's anything that does not agree with the word of God. Hmm. Anything that does not agree with the word of God is evil. So a lot of things mm. we're saying is doing is really evil. You have no clue. Twisted. Wicked. But in your eyes and in your heart, it's good. Tradition. <laughs> so that's what Satan was doing in this conversation. What he was saying didn't agree with the word of God. It was evil, but it wasn't perceived by Eve as evil. 
Mm. It was perceived as good because he put a question in her mind and a doubt, and she received that doubt. And when you have a question in your mind and a doubt, it really, it questioned God, and it debunks his rank. And who are you to debunk the rank of God? Evil. Satan's goal was to get our original parents to sin and separate them from God. This was all happening in Genesis 3.1. The woman. Why did he go to the woman? She wasn't the one that heard the commandment. However, he went to her also because she was obviously the only one that was yeah, with him, the two of them. And closest to him was the woman. Mm -hmm. Meaning that Satan uses the people that are closest to, to you, you, have the most influence on your life. He operates through them. Mm -hmm. Those who have the most influence on your life, this is who he uses. And not only that, she was alone. Get this. And this is such a revelation because women always have the hardest battle and struggle with being what they consider alone. Go ahead. I asked a question the other day. How come when a man is, you know, he's 35 or whatever, he gets a little older, he's not so broken up the fact that he's not married yet? <laughs> and that he's alone. Mm. He is not, you know, he's not struggling with that. He, he's not going through all this war with me and all sad and depressed. But a woman, and y'all have to help me, how come you feel that you have to be with somebody? No, I'm just going to die. Alone. Is that rhetorical? <laughs> that, is, that is rhetorical. Okay, okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's rhetorical. Okay. That could take us in another direction. Okay. See, the enemy likes to play on the fact of you feeling alone. That is a huge tool that he used against you. I'm all alone. I don't have nobody. And God says, lo, I'm with you always. So you again debunking God from his rank, saying that, no, you're not with me. It is a lack of direction, loneliness is, because your direction is not where it's supposed to be. Lack of direction. So that's his advantage, is that we are alone. But the thing about what we fail to realize is that when we are not at the gathering with the saints, you don't have strength and you're not in a place of safety. He likes to isolate you. You draw strength from the gathering, from being amongst the saints. Restored. You draw strength and also is a place of safety. Amen. Because when you're considered to be not with the saints and alone, because you don't think God is with you, so in your mind, you're alone. You're weak and you're not in a safe place. So you're vulnerable now to hear mm -hmm. the whisperings of the enemy. Yeah. Mm. That's the voice that becomes now the voice that you, you of listen reason, to. Should we say. Of reasoning. There mm -hmm. you go. So you're still having that same conversation that yeah. Eve had. Still having that, he's still having that same conversation. Yeah. Mm. He tells us this. Don't even be found near sin. Mm. He, and the word of God says, you should shun from the very presence of sin. 
what will even appear to look like you're sinning, well, but you you're go. not. Well, I ain't doing nothing. I promise. I, before God, I'm not doing anything. But it looks like you're sinning. He said, shun for what would appear to be sin. What could be perceived by others to be sin. He said, don't even put yourself in that kind of environment. Because mm. this is what happened here, that Eve was near the forbidden tree. She was near it. So that means that she was near sin. He said, you shouldn't be found near it. Because it's going to be perceived that you are sinning. Mm. Satan questioned the commandment, whether it was sin or not. With an innocent, he quoted the commandment wrong. And she received it. It is the craft of Satan to speak of the divine law as uncertain or unreasonable. And this is what you do. You look at the word of God, the divine law, and you consider it to be harsh. Mm. Too hard to live up to. Mm. Unreasonable. God, you are so unreasonable. 10% of my earnings. You talking about Willis? Surely, and you know all my bills <laughs> that I have to pay. I can't afford to. So you start to reason with God. I can't afford to. And you know I can't afford to because I make X, Y, and Z. And surely you have to be an understanding and fair God. You start to reason with God. I'll pay. I will give when I can afford to give. You reason. This is a good time for me to give. I'll give it all maybe next month. You're reasoning with God, with his divine law. Because you know what? You don't trust God. You trust your job. You don't trust somebody. Mm -hmm. He said he, he uses this divine law as uncertain or unreasonable. And so to draw people to sin, and it draws you to sin. When you're uncertain about the word of God, and you start to reason the word of God? He said, don't add. It's no reasoning to my word. It is what it is. Just receive it, believe it, act on it. There you go. But you don't want to act on it. You want to hear yeah. it, and then you want to talk to God about how you don't have to comply to it. Because surely you have to understand I'm tired today. But guess what? We will go into work sick. Won't you do it? Or, or, say, you, or uh, say, you, say you're not sick and you stay home and say you're sick. That's true, too. But I mean, my whole point is this, <laughs> is that we will not, the things that we do for our job, we won't do for God. Mm -mm. You won't be on time for your job, what happened? Keep doing it, you get fired. But what do you think about God when you're not on time for his gathering? And he permitted and allowed you to. But we feel that we can give God whatever. He know, but no, look, you can reason with God with the word, but you won't reason with your boss that I was just tired, so I was an hour late. I was tired, boss. Hmm. I was tired, you know. Then I had to do this and that with my kids, and surely you understand, right, supervisor? You know my heart. Supervisor, you know my heart. You know my heart, supervisor. And, and besides, I'm here now. Mm. But with God, 
We're good because you know why? You don't think that there are no wages. You get no pay. I ain't get no paycheck from God. So my time is not going to be docked. I ain't got to show up. His provision to us is that he allow you to even have a job. Exactly. But we need to remind ourselves why I'm on time to get to work and I'm not on time for God. Why do I think there's a value in me putting money in the bank account for my savings, but I don't find any value in giving to God? The rich I young count ruler. it as a loss. Yeah, we do. The rich young ruler, he said he went away grievously. The one thing that he, I keep, listen, he said, I'm traditional. Mm -hmm. I've kept your law and everything since a child. Mm -hmm. I've done all the ritual things I'm supposed to do. I go right. to church. I, read, I do that. I do whatever. Mm -hmm. But when there's that one thing mm -hmm. he said he could not do, he said, but do you realize you're going to store up riches in heaven? See, it meant nothing to him. It meant nothing to him. I'm gone now. I'm gone. They call him the rich, the rich young ruler. Mm -hmm. The rich young rulers. Do y'all know any rich young rulers right now? Yeah. Oh, he's a rappers. <laughs> yep. like and money is their guy in I, the I world. Like hey, I like that. Sure do. And they and they moving things too. Mm. But what does it profit a man to gain the world and lose, and his, lose his soul? That's right. Isn't that some? See, the word just come right back on you if, you if you got it in you. So I was just saying, mm -hmm. when when it comes to that, I mean, we we do take it as a loss. Mm -hmm. But what gets me is that. We don't think, God, that it matters mm -hmm. to him. Right. You know, it's just like when you get a, a new place and then you, you, you're halfway through the month mm -hmm. and you got $400 that people are giving. Mm -hmm. How do you, I mean, even in your own natural home. Right, right. Y'all help me. Mm -hmm. Y'all help me. If you was in your own natural home, mm -hmm. you got your Vepco, your water, your lights, and all that. If you don't do that, mm -hmm. Carmen, what happens? So don't y'all be mad at me and you come in, the door is shut. <laughs> Jesus. Don't be mad at me. Well, I'm just saying, what happened is, I'm, mm -hmm. one of my point I'm trying to make you, this is the house of God. Right. If you take care of the house of God, he said, your house will be taken care of. That's right. Brother. That's my whole point. Yep. If you take care of his house, your house. Mm -hmm. No, we do it reverse. Mm -hmm. That's right. You take care of your house first and leave his in, in shambles. Wow. This is what we do. For real. Wow. And again, what we don't see is that we are debunking God's rate. That's what I'm saying, man. Where he's at and where he should be in our life is the first and foremost. What we do, we push him down to a different ranking. Mm -hmm. We demote him. I mean, I, I don't we understand that what we, um, how we're not really conceiving our creator, you are deranking him. You are, you're putting that at a lower level in our lives and, and how that could be really affecting you. You don't see it now, but you will see it. Yep. Uh, so we're moving on. Satan teaches man first to doubt and then to deny. Doubt and you, deny. You're going to doubt first that I, I don't have to do this. Uh, you know, I can do this later for the Lord. Uh, and then eventually what you're going to do is deny God altogether. 
trying to get you to separate yourself from him. And the thing about it, after he get you to doubt and to deny, he promises advantage for the sin that you do. Because mm. if you doubt and then you deny, he said, then he's going to promise you some pleasure of what you, this choice that you're going to make. And this is, the, this is the ultimate thing that causes you to not to obey God. It's the pleasure that's going to come out of that <laughs> doubt and your disobedience. And that's the more, that's more of a appeasing thing for you to do because it's going to be fulfilling to your flesh. He gives you some benefits as to why you should doubt and deny. And then at the end, he makes it all make sense to you mm. in your own mind. Now you done said a lot right there. Mm. Again, he draws us into thinking that the things of God are, are hard to do. So what we need to do is is that think the well of God. We don't think the well of God. We think the worst of God. We think the worst of God. Mm -mm. We think the worst of God. They're saying, no, I don't. <laughs> and how do we do that? Is that if I do this, what God has asked me to do, then I won't be able to do that. And and then we're not trusting God. So we think the worst of God, that he is not going to fulfill what he said. We think the worst of God, that mm -hmm. he is not going to own up to his word. He's not going to fulfill his word. We think the worst of God. When you don't trust him, mm. you think the worst of him. Think about any area in your life to where you don't trust him, and that means that you think the worst of him. Mm. And I'm sure there's an area in our life to where we are disobedient to the word of God. We have to think the best of God and think ill of sin. But we don't think, we think good of sin. Because your feelings are attached. And this here will only allow you to resist the enemy. You think the best of God, mm. ill of sin, and this will cause the enemy to flee from you. How do I get out of this? Think the best of God. That's good. See, that alone right there, you can close the book. An ill of sin. So no matter what the circumstance is, mm -hmm. no matter how it uh, seems to look, mm -hmm. still think the best of God. Of God. Amen. So this is how, because if you do, you'll love him. He said, this is why all things work for the good of them that love Don't him. And walk up right. And walk up right. And you're not worried about it because you're really trusting mm -hmm. in him. Mm -hmm. No matter how it seems, how it feels. In my situation. Yes. Because my situation, nobody else's situation matters, just mine. That's right. Mm. That's good. Think the best of God for your future, for your children. Can y'all do that? No matter how the situation is looking. Can y'all do that? Do you want to do that? Yeah. Then do it. Now have some corresponding action to what you heard today. I guarantee you, you will be up against it. But we talked in our supporting it's scripture, really Luke 6, 43 through 45, and really kind of just highlighting 45, is that for a man's words will always express what has been treasured in his heart. Mm. Luke 6, we're talking about verse 43 through 45. For a man's words will always express what has been treasured in his heart. So true. If good was in your heart, 
good is going to come out. Bad is in your heart, bad is going to come out. There's no way that bad was in your heart and good is going to come out your mouth. That's not going to happen. Mm. I'm just in a different version. Uh, <laughs> I'm in a different version. So, and, and actually, we can turn to the King James Version. Um, and let's see, Pastor, can you get the King James for me? That's going to take a little bit so we can all read that together because I was just doing my little paraphrase. I want in your message. No. So the supporting scripture again is Luke 6, verse 43 through 45. This is just like you're trying to pick uh, oranges from an apple tree. You can't do that. So we have to be careful as to what's in our heart, what we allow to enter into our heart, because only that and only that will you express and speak out of your heart whether it's good or evil. <laughs> well, you have a verse? Other than <laughs> yeah, I got a uh, New Living Translation. Oh, that's great. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs never grow on um, thorn bushes, nor grapes on brummel bushes. Or blackberry bushes. Or just giving you, just giving you a different type you of tree. Can't, you can only produce what's inside of you. Yeah. And he's saying here that... You express exactly how you live is what's in your heart. Yeah. How you're living is what's in your heart. You're living out of your heart. And 45 says a good person produces good things from the treasure of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasure of, his ev of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Good or evil. And it's your choice. So we're saying that you shall have what you say and have. You shall say what you have mm -hmm. and you have what you say. Say it with me. You say, you say what you have and you have what you say. You have what you say. You have what you say because you say what you have. Because you say what you have. And this is the vicious cycle that we live in. You say what you have, and you have what you say, and you have what you say because you say what you have. I'm lonely. And you shall have what you say. Nothing seems to work out. Because you say what you have. This happens every time. So until... <laughs> I'm just saying, this is how we... Listen, even if you don't voice it, it's in your heart. Right. And if you have said it in your heart, whether you gave an audible utterance to mm -hmm. it, it's still going to be, because that's what's in your heart. Mm. Your words, negative or positive, they have power because we are a speaking spirit. And you shall have what you say. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Mm. But what you need to know is that you'll never go beyond the place you are now, nor have more than you have now, unless you say and believe something you don't have. you never go beyond the place you are now, nor have more than you have now, unless you say and believe something you don't have. Mm. Start to say something that you don't have so you're not at the same place that you are now. Amen. You want to go further in your life. You don't want to be in the same place with God. So say what you don't have now so you're not in the same place that you are now. Good God. That's right. 
For a fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his life. His own lip trips him up and get entangled and can't move because of the words that you have spoken. What are you speaking? An evil report or a good report? And what is an evil report? Again, we spoke about evil. It's whatever we see, feel, and hear that disagree with the God's word. Whatever you see, hear, hear, or feel that disagree with the word of God, that's an evil report. Now y'all know. If you see it and hear it or you feel it and it doesn't agree with the word of God, it is an evil report. Don't receive it. Like a prognosis from the doctor. Mm-hmm. Mm. Numbers 13 kind of talked about really how a people, God sent them out to the land of Canaan to, to give them that land. Mm-hmm. Really overflowing with a milk and honey, a, a land that was full abundance. abundance. But they went there, and what they saw and what they felt and what they heard was too great for them. Is that the people were like giants, and we, we are as grasshoppers to them. The Nephilim. We can't take over this place. Mm, right. And you shall have what you say. But Caleb said, no, Mm -hmm. we shall go at once and take over this land. That's right, because the Lord said it. Because he said it. It didn't matter what it looked like. Mm. So the impossible, what looks and feels impossible, Uh which goes against God's word that doesn't agree with the word of God, that's not the report that that you read aloud. What you read aloud is the word of God. No, at once we take over. No, oh, at God. once I'm healed. Okay, no, at it. once this is my new life. I'm not living like this anymore. At once I'm not lonely. At once I'm married. I'm, I'm married now. Yeah. At once, but it's have, it has to be what you believe yeah. and what you act upon with the word that you've heard. Yeah. You cannot just be a hearer only and not a doer do of the word, word of God. Mm. Amen. Because if you do, you're laying the wrong foundation. And this is the problem. And it takes us into our, our next things. And I'm not going to go into that wrong f- foundation right now. I'm going to go into um, based the whole long list of how do we bring tragedy or calamity into our lives. And we talked about the seven different things. Opposing ourselves. Um, wrong thinking, wrong speaking. Wrong praying. Wrong foundation. Not knowing God's will. Strife, unforgiveness. And these are how we bring calamity into our lives. This is how we bring severe hurt and harm to ourselves. You can't enter in because this is doubt. And this is why they couldn't see because they, they weren't operating like kingdom people. He sent 12 of them out there, 12 spies. People of the kingdom operate not by sight, That's right. but by faith. They're governed by what they can't see. They're governed by what they can't see. They act and move on what they can't see. I love it. Not by what they can see. Old Testament, man, if you really see what he's saying, man, it's you. It's us right now. I mean, it's, you, you, you got to be a church that has the Old Testament teaching because this is, you can't even give that illustration without going back to that yeah. specific time. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. 
opposing ourselves is the first one. We kind of talked about that, so I'm going to briefly just give a recap. Mm -hmm. and when we oppose ourselves, there's a battle going on in our minds. Many people are right in their hearts, but they're, they're wrong in their head. They're thinking they're different. They have a good intention in their heart, but in their mind, they don't have the knowledge. Again, my people perish for the lack of knowledge. Perceived ideals. We have our own perceived ideals, and our ideals seem to think we think they are the best ideals. Mm -hmm. We have to remember that Satan, he gets his power through deception. And he is the destroyer, which means that he is an evil genius ruler, and he rules from the place of deception. Mm. He rules right through the word of God. He comes the same way that he came in the garden same with the way. law. Same way. Has he said? Has he said you will surely die if you fornicate? Has he said? Has he said, worship? Me with, uh, along with other false gods. Has he said? Has he said that? That this is unto your death. Has he said? We have to know. Has he said worship in Christmas? <laughs> Avoid religious responses. This is what we do a lot of time. We, we have a lot of religious responses to things that go on in our life. Thank you. Or worldly responses to your life. Mm -hmm. For instance, well, God allowed me to be raped, to be raped so he'll get glory out of my life. We put our things that we go through as well if God allow and permit it, it's for so that he'll get glory. That seemed like a righteous response. Wrong. Mm -hmm. A very wrong response. And then we often say, whatever will be, will be. Worldly response. I think there's quite a it's few other things. It's all working for your good, not if you don't love him. Right. Okay. A righteous, religious, that's a religious, religious response. Blessed and highly favored, and you don't love nobody. <laughs> and you walking with unforgiveness. Yeah. But I'm blessed and highly favored. That's, what that's just a say. response we give. It's time for recovery. Please. Recovery in the Greek means awake. Oh, that's good. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. That's so good. It's time for recovery, saints. Mm. Amen. Recover from your tragedy. Recover from your hurt, your pain. It's time to awake from that. Mm. Amen. Awake to righteousness. Good God. Come on. See, when we go through things, it, it calls you, it brings a sleep upon you. you it, it, it takes something out of you. You get weak, you get tired and sleepy. Because you know why? You don't want to deal with it. It's another defense that the body uses. God. It shuts down <laughs> because it doesn't want to deal with the problem anymore. This is why people tend to go into depression because depression is another type of supposedly defense that the body uses mm -hmm. to not deal with what is going on. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you close your blinds, you turn out the light, you go to sleep. pull the covers over you your go to head sleep. because you don't want to deal with what's really going on. All I know. Or you do a religious thing. Yep. And you just read scriptures upon scriptures. And it still ain't took any root into you. You still not. But you don't upon act it. upon it. And you're still not having a corresponding action toward it. So there's no change. But it's time for recovery. It's I time to awake. So recovery again means awake. That is so good. Recovery means awake. Yes. And you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Awake. Awake. 
to righteousness. To righteousness. God, this is good. Woo! I'm sorry, y'all. This is good. This is awesome. It should be your own act to bring yourself into recovery. It should be your own act to awake. Awake out of the situation and circumstance that you're in. Out of the snare of the devil. That you have placed yourself willingly to be his captain. We, by our own will, put ourselves to be enslaved by Satan. Mm -hmm. And it's you that has to bring yourself out of his enslavement. Awake, old sleeper. Amen. And when you do that, this is a key here. The more we follow that which is good, the faster and further we shall flee from what is evil. Oh, that's good. Amen. Say that one more the time. The more we follow that which is good, good, the faster and the further we shall flee from that which is evil. Good God. I'm not going to go in deep, deep. I think that's straightforward. That is. The more that you walk up in the word of God, the faster and the further away you are from evil. So it's easier to darkness. turn away from it because you're mm -hmm. going toward which is good. That's right. Amen. Which is good because a lot of us go back and evil at that past, mm -hmm. that past life and past mm -hmm. words and past hurts and mm -hmm. all the negativity stuff. That's evil. Go That's ahead. That's right. Mm. Second Timothy 2, 24 through 26, but I'll highlight 26. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. Get this. And they may come to their senses. You're not, you're not in your right mind anymore. This is why he said you need to awake to righteousness, the mind of Christ, so you can escape from the snare of the devil. That's really good. And which you've been your own self-enslavement to. Another way to disarm tragedy is the, having the right foundation. Doing the saying of his word is what builds a secure dwelling, the right foundation. Doing the saying of his word is what builds a secure dwelling. It means that this builds a, which is you, a secure house. Mm -hmm. You have a solid house. Your house is not easily, easily moving or shaken by any storm that comes your way or situation or circumstance or things are not going well and now you're in your house is ready to fall. Because Luke 6, uh, 46 through 49 kind of talks about these two men that one that built a house on the rock and one built it on sand. Same. Meaning that the one that built his house on the rock, which is the solid rock, is Christ. There you go. Which built his house on the word of God by doing the word of God, not just saying. He didn't build his house on scriptures. Just by saying the word of God, that's right. he built his house on doing the word of God, right. oh, that's good. which built a secure dwelling place mm -hmm. that when situation and circumstance came up against him, it wasn't, it would be that a storm would come, but it wouldn't destroy the house. But for those who are on, only sayers of the word of God, which is a person that built a house on sand, mm -hmm is that when a storm comes, it destroys, destroys the house. It destroys you. It hurts you. You're damaged. Yep. We're talking about a right foundation. Doing the sayings of God. And remember, it's not the situation 
that destroys you. It's your lack of your foundation. Mm. Not the situation. You got to say, y'all got to hear that. This is why we, we credit the devil, we credit people for what has happened to our lives. It's not, it's not that when someone came into your life and, and they turned your world upside down. Your world was turned upside down because your foundation was laid wrong. Good God. Mm. This is why, Pastor, you can just chime in on this. It's when certain buildings are made, they, they're made in spe special places to where they are known to have earthquakes mm -hmm. and or real bad storms, is that it's built for the condition of these type of storms. And all the other buildings around them may fall, but because of the foundation wasn't laid. That's right. Well, also, because this is my field, mm -hmm. but... You have to do a survey first mm -hmm. before you even lay down the piles go ahead. to build a structure. Go you got to do a survey. Mm -hmm. So you got to go in and sample and see how deep mm. it is before you hit the bedrock. So, and, and you know, you, the depths of a skyscraper, it means even though you see the, the top of it, but it's deeper down. Right. It's more to, because of the study of the foundation that has been laid. Because you're going to be in that foundation, you're going to have environmental issues. You're going to yeah. have wind and corrosion. You mm -hmm. have all these type of issues before you actually start building the right. house mm -hmm. or the, the, the skyscraper, however you want to do. You have to lay down and survey the soil. Mm -hmm. I used to, when I was going to school, I went for soil mechanics. Soil mechanics is boring, but it's good because you know how to build the structure properly on it. Amen. So it's the word of God is the foundation. Peter, Petro, that's what it means. He is the he said, upon that revelation, I will build my church mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on the foundation of the revelation of who I say I am. Yeah. Not who they say, mm -hmm. but who you mm -hmm. said that I am because mm -hmm. you've heard from the Father. So, so that survey mm -hmm. is a surveying really you how much you know of your father. Mm -hmm. How much do you know of your father? Because the, the less you know of your father, the most likely that your dwelling will be destroyed. Mm -hmm. Surveying yourself you have to. as your heart, mm -hmm. how you feel to it, are you loving your brethren? Mm -hmm. Surveying yourself to where, what areas in your life is weak that needs to be strengthened? Surveying your life no. so that foundation can be laid properly. Yes, right, and they take samples. Oh, this is not the place I need to be. Wow. Jesus. I want to lay my foundation here. This wow. is not the place I need to be to lay okay, my foundation. Okay, now hold on, Pastor. Okay. Now, you're talking about now when I've given these pastors after my heart. That's this, right. This is not the, the church that I should be at. Now, where should I, my foundation be laid? That's right. That's right. Wow. And that's, this is it's important mm -hmm. uh, to, to know that because he said, I'll give you mm -hmm. pastors after my, my heart, not right. yours. Mm -hmm. He said his Jesus. because it may be a pastor that you need to learn mm -hmm. a certain, you know, um, I would say a certain, uh, when I say foundation, I need, to, I need to set it. Because, see, foundations can move. Mm. Now, you got to be careful of the moving foundation. Oh, come on, Pastor. Uh, the moving foundation, because, you know, you, you see a house that's really nice. Mm -hmm. And what they can do is, depending on how that foundation was laid, they can actually move the whole house at one time. Right, right, right. And move that, but the whole house coming. 
Right. It ain't gonna be a few here and a few left there. Yeah, yeah. See, revelation here. That he, gonna, he can move the whole house because of the way the foundation was structured. Mm -hmm. So I can move it to a better location because I know it's wow. gonna be a sinkhole here in a time frame of where right. type of soil that I'm laying it on. Sinkholes and everything. That's right. So it can happen. So wow. the body of Christ is in the same type of way. Wow. So you Jesus. have to know. You yeah. really have to know God. Matter of fact, He places you. I'm learning, guys. He places you where you should be. Most of the time, we go where we want to be, but he places you yes. in the body of Christ Jesus. to function according to his will. Yes. Glory to God. This is why now, this pastor is going to feed you with wisdom and knowledge and information. I, I know my pastor. I know what I'm supposed to feed you with because I'm going to lay that foundation right. Wow. And I ain't going to move and just move some. The whole thing got to come. Wow, Jesus, Lord so, God. So, the whole, that's, 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 you got, if not, the house will crumble. Mm -hmm. And if you don't lift it up carefully, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the weight of yeah. that, um, wherever you, you're off balance in the mm -hmm. piers and everything, will have the house, whole house crumble. Mm -hmm. So you got to be careful. You can move it, mm -hmm. but it has to be moved right. If not, it's going to tilt and tilt and get cracks in and, and your wall and the foundation ain't been. It's settling. Okay. So when you have settling in there, you got cracks. You'll, you'll, see, you'll see the cracks. Which is the stress. Which is the stress because it's, 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 it's really good. I had a little, bit, I had a little bit of insight. See, Holy Spirit. So now but the body of Christ ain't no different. The body of Christ ain't no different. You can have a stress fracture in your foot. Yeah. Affects your whole body. Yeah. You can't, you're off balance. You can't even walk right because of the, mm. the stress in that fracture in that baby toe. Mm. It'll throw your whole body off. Wow. It's not broke, but it's fractured because it's stress on it. Man, we got to learn some stuff in here when it comes to where uh. God calls you to be. Yeah. You want to be where he said be. We want to be not where your mama, your daddy were, what's close by my house. Right, right, right. Wow. That's close by my house, so I'm going to go there. Right, yeah. No, you need to go where he said go because that's where the anointing is. Yes. Amen? That's why I'm going to go where the anointing is. That's where he is. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. <laughs> I was just telling him yesterday, I said, um, I am, I said, don't ever think I'm not happy that I'm, I always call him a geek. Everybody know he's he's geeky. Uh, <laughs> he's a nerd. And I said, don't ever think I'm not happy that I'm married to a geek. You know, nerd. He's, you know, I said, but I, I am, but he's a nerdy man of God. Amen. And he has so much insight <laughs> and so much wisdom. And I, I know we're, you know, uh, my intellect when it, it comes to science and uh just uh, environmental stuff and engineering, and he, he has that. And it just brings all these things that what we do in our lives and our, and our, our jobs and everywhere is something that always can be connected to the Word of God. Always. We just don't know how to connect it. So it's just beautiful how you just connect that to the Word of God. Mm -hmm. So the next thing here, and we're coming up on two minutes left, is um, how to disarm <laughs> tragedy in our life is know God's will. And it is so simple. Romans 12, 1. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing God's will. And he says here, and I'll, I'll read it. And I'm reading in the Amplify here. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and I beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, mm. devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, mm. which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service in spiritual worship. He said, don't be conformed to this world, this age, 
fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Mm. And so the King James reads, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what mm -hmm. is that's good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Know God's will. What is God's will? What is his will? Mm. I just read it to you. Mm. Mm. He is not, he is not unclear of his will. You don't have to search out his will. His will is simply this. It's Romans 1. Mm. 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 Present your body. That's his will. As a living sacrifice. Your members. He said, your eyes, your hearing, <laughs> present that to me. Your lungs, your heart, a your feet, everything. Sacrifice. He said, this is your reasonable amount of service. And you know, as I taught earlier when I did the teaching on a living sacrifice, it said a living sacrifice has no will. The living sacrifice has no will. He said, and be not conformed to this world. That's up the will of the Father. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. He said, when you do that, he said, then you will be able to. He said, this is your, when you do that, this is an intelligent decision. There you go. So he said, you may prove. So when you don't mm -hmm. present your body a living sacrifice to God, you're hearing and seeing things of the world through the world's eyes. And through the world's eye. You can't see what's perfect. Mm. You can't see what's good, but you think it's good because it looks perfect. It looked like it's a good decision. Good this God. looked like the place I should come to worship. Mm. Or this doesn't look like the place I should come to worship. Because you're looking through the eyes of the world and not the eyes of God. Mm. Mm -mm. He said, when you do that, you're making, when you look through the eyes of the world, a stupid decision. <laughs> it's not even ignorant because he's not an ignorant decision because when you make an ignorant decision, you don't know. It's the lack of knowledge. Ignorance the lack of knowledge, but you know because you're informed that this is how you should offer your body to do my will is to offer your body a living sacrifice. So, so you can properly now mm -hmm. Make a perfect decision. Amen. Your decision is perfect. Yeah. It's without error. Yeah. It would be a foolish, the word he would probably use would be fool. Foolish decision. Mm -hmm. He would use foolish. God said stupid. <laughs> foolish. Yeah, I kind of said that. <laughs> I know. That, that was, it that is was foolish. what I said. But it, it's, <laughs> to me, they equate to the same. Because when you know something that is to be right and you don't do it, it's stupid. Actually, the Bible says you're it's not, sin. You, I don't know if you're Actually, fool Actually, it says sin. It's actually sin. Think about it. When you know something is good and it's going to be good on your behalf, but you still don't do it and you do what's bad for you. Sin. But we have to. We have to start speaking 
the Word of God, acting the Word of God, receiving the Word of God, applying the Word of God in our lives. Because when you don't, it means you don't trust Him. And when you don't trust Him, you debunk His rank. My thing is don't say I trust Him and then you don't. Because you're going to have opportunity to show that you do. I trust you. No, I don't. And, yes, I'll I do. leave, and I'll really leave you with this, because this is our time, yep. is that consider your ways. Everything. Consider your ways and how you don't see God as good. You see him as hard. You see him as not the, the best. You see your ways of doing things the best. Consider your ways today. If you plan on disarming tragedy and calamity in your life and avoiding unnecessary problems and issues and circumstances and headaches and heartaches, we go through unnecessary, un when I say unnecessary, I mean it's surmountable unnecessary problems. I mean, you could basically get a truckload of problems and, and drive it up here and it's like, this is just unnecessary, for real? But it happens because you oppose yourself. I didn't get an opportunity to really think, uh, talk about the next scripture that talks about really those imaginations. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that later. About how imagination brings you to a place of, to reason on your own and you start to speculate. And this is how you hear all those voices. Oh, that's good. He said, bring those thoughts that try to exalt themselves above the knowledge of God into captivity. Don't give them birth. They can, they can arise. You can't stop the thoughts from coming. But when they come, don't give the thoughts birth. He says cast them down. Kill the thought. Not only, don't, don't only take it into captivity, but kill the thought. And we'll talk about killing the thought mm. at another time. That's going to be good. But consider your ways. Amen. Amen. I pray that the word of God has definitely changed your life. And the incorruptible word of God will change your life not only today but forever because of what you've heard, you will apply. You've received it, you believe it, and you trust in God. And you see God as the best and not as a hard God. And his ways are hard. This is why he says, take my yoke. He says, take my yoke. See, we don't know what yoke means. Take my yoke. He says, Haji says, take my life. Mm. My life is easy. Easy. Yours hard. So live. Take the way of Christ today. Yeah, so good. Take his way of thinking and doing. Leave thinking the way of Christ. Amen. Not what I feel, hear, or see, but what I know. Amen.